Wow. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited. My friend Grappy is with me today. Tom Ryan from Ohio State, the head wrestling coach at the Ohio State University. Tom, I looked at your bio before I came up here today and it was too long for me to spit back everything. And at the end of the day, just knowing who you are, I know your 2015 run where you led your team to a national championship for the first time was probably what a highlight of your opus and one of many to come, I would imagine that's going to be part of your opus. Um, but I'm curious to know anything in your bio that can even come close to what that national championship did for you personally in your athletic run. Yeah. I mean, that was certainly the, the, the pinnacle of, of my, my coaching career. Um, but you know, I think there's a lot of there's. I mean, that was just an amazing weekend. I mean, amazing weekend. Um, you know, to lead Ohio State to the first ever team championship in the sport of wrestling. You know, I, I know you're a wrestler, you're a grappler, right? So you know, you wrestled Ohio State, so you know how hard it is. And only 12 teams have ever done that in the history of the sport. So there's been 120 national tournaments, and uh, you know, and 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 12 have, have won it. And coming here to Ohio from from New York, from Long Island, I knew that. You know, people called Ohio State wrestling the sleeping giant. The state's incredible. The wrestling in the state's incredible. It's kind of in the fabric of the people of Ohio, I think. And uh, so it was a really great, great, you know, weekend to, uh, you know, for so many people, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a highlight moment. But, you know, there's also, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of victories along the way that don't get noticed. Your phone doesn't vibrate uncontrollably. Uh, on every victory that you have and some of them are you know they're not as they're not as loud as winning a national championship but there are so many great things that happen just individually with people uh, um, along the way that you know are moments that you know you'd certainly cherish you know? you're also um, you're you're a two-time NCAA coach of the year which is a pretty big honor and I just know just from being an athlete and then also being in the world of business that when you see people hit the pinnacle of how high they can go, the road to get there is hard for a few, not likely a dream for most people. And it's just full of a lot of what our coach would say is a lot of pain and suffering. <laughs> and, and there's no question that, you know, it could be a, a lonely seat to be in that leadership role. And I can only imagine, and, and we'll get into a little bit because this is really going to be focused on, on leadership and how hard it is to be a leader. But at Ohio State, you're talking about the 500-pound gorilla. You know, in the business world, we talk about these big 500-pound gorilla, the big corporations, which are just a murder to work in and to get anything done and to make changes and to have to fear, you know, people making changes and you're like literally in that system. But yet, like when I've been blessed to be able to come over to your practice and see everything, you feel like you're in this little small little pocket that you've like created for yourself. So one of my first questions is, is how hard is that to kind of have that dual mentality of you're trying to create a little family for yourself. You've got this tight knit group, but you're also part of the mothership where you got to follow the rules. <laughs> right, 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 right. So maybe just talk to us a little bit about like just the struggle of that and how hard that is and how do you navigate through that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we're, we're, we're one of 36 sports there. Um, uh, but, you know, wrestling is, is uh, you know, one of, certainly one of the sports in the state of Ohio that really stands out as one of the elite states in the country. So, you know, like, like any organization, it's about just people, the right people. You know, I think we focus daily on serving others. 
um, uh, you know, the recruiting process is, is, is intense like it is in any, in any endeavor, but, but it's about just surrounding yourself with the right people. And I really don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel the sense of the, of the mothership because I'm really focused on the small things that I can control. Um, uh, and that's, and that's recruiting the right people and hiring the right people and, and, and truly having their best interests at heart. Uh, I mean, truly wanting to serve others. You know, I know, you know, through Build to Lead, it's the old, you know, give someone, if you want to learn about a man, give him power. You know, you learn a lot about a man's character. And, and um, you know, at Ohio State, it's just been, you know, as big as the place is and as, as, as much as we know our place, you know, per se, you know, football and basketball are king there. And, and uh, we, we kind of know our place, but it's just, um, I mean, it's been, I haven't felt that. Have you had to... Uh... And do you have a specific example of a time where you had to fight for something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's constant battles. You know, there's constant battles. And I think, you know, I think you fight with people and not against them. You know, I think, uh, you know, just, just you know, a new, a new complex. You know, Ohio State Wrestling was training in a complex that was, at one time, was really nice. And by the time I got the job there, it was um, in 2006. It was starting to fall behind out of the top 20 programs and you know facilities don't win championships but they certainly help attract the elite people who I want I want elite minded people and I think elite minded people when they walk in a place they can sense whether or not it's deeply is it loved and 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 nice things sometimes speak to hey they really care about this look at this place I mean they obviously care so we had the challenge of 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 building a new complex and raising 10 million dollars and my boss is really special I mean Gene Smith's one of the best in the business and he was like, look, let's, let's put a plan together. I mean, we, we aren't going to fund it for you, but we'll give you a piece of land. And if you can get the funds raised. So that was a real challenge for us. So let me, let me push back yeah. just for one yeah. thing. If you walked into a wrestling room that was unbelievable, and within 20 minutes of seeing this team and hearing the coach, you knew it's like the companies who put core values up on the wall, but they, yeah. ain't, they you'd see right through that. Sure. So you can't tell me that your incredible room, which, by the way, is amazing <laughs> it is amazing <laughs> but it, it has nothing to do with what you've built it's it's what you've built i mean sure. you know that i know that i so so i think you know i hear what you're saying that it's important yeah it's a first impression maybe but like that goes away really quick when yeah, they get it does to, when it they does. get to know no you. question and and to build that to build a complex you need people right you need people that that believe in your mission and they know your belief system and they buy into your belief system and they they know you're authentic, and they know that what you're what you're trying to build is an authentic way. And when you do that, and when you when you when you when you do things that way, you you people just help. You know, they help. They want to be part of something that's really authentic and real. And and uh, I mean, that's that's how the building. That's how something like that gets built. It's just it was people that many of them weren't even wrestlers, but they 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 saw the vision and they saw the ministry. Really, you know, I would consider what we do. You know. A ministry right to build people and um and you know if it wasn't for that type of 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 uh approach then you know things like that don't happen yeah you know so let's jump into built to lead so for uh for for the people listening tom and i have a funny story i went to a, a ypo event and tom was on a panel with a few other coaches talking and i walked up to tom i didn't know who he was really i never met him and i introduced myself and I remember in the conversation, I made a comment. I said, my team practices like a sports team, and you'd probably love it. 
and you should check it out. It's a leadership program called Built to Lead. And uh, I cannot, that was it. And I cannot tell you the day that you just walked into my office <laughs> and just walked into one of our leadership practices. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll never forget. I still have the picture. I showed Chet the picture uh, recently. Um, I remember one just feeling like it was a big honor to have you in the room. I didn't know you at the time, and I thought that was so cool at your house that wrestling coach walked into our team practice. But uh, what I think seared me the most was the look on your face as you were watching my team do what we do and watching our coach facilitate having this leadership team do what we were doing in this weird thing that we called practice. And I always explain it to people that, you know, you know, you don't become a championship team unless you practice. I mean, so why would you go to work and expect you to be a great team if you don't practice? So we gave you a taste of that. And I'd want to start by maybe just um, hear your take on what your memory serves as far as yeah. walking in and like what I mean it was a, it was a, it was really a blessing that we were on that that event together and then we spoke after for a minute and I think if you remember even before I went to you there's 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 some belief I, I know my belief system I'm pretty strong in my belief system and and being around people that understand suffering is one that I just want people around me that that whether it was it was self-induced uh suffering or um or outside and do suffering, just people that have been through hard things I'm attracted to. And I asked you also, before I went to your practice, I went to a workout in the morning at Chet's place, right? So, so even before, before I buy a piece of equipment for the team, I'll, I'll, I'll test it out. I want to know, you know, how this thing, how this, thing, you know, how this thing works. Is it going to make me hurt enough? Is it, do I like it or not? So I went to the workout and I was, I, was, I was amazed, I was impressed by the whole group there. Most of them were middle-aged, over, middle-aged men, and they were all tough. They were just tough, like, <laughs> like you know, the, it was painful, but, but people pushed through their pain, and I love that. And I'm like, look, I'm gonna come to, I definitely wanna come to one of your, your practices, uh, you know, at, at Choice. And uh, I was, yeah, I was blown away by it. I was blown away by the, you know, I can't, I'll keep using the word authenticity, but, but it's like, People were so authentic with each other. They were so honest with each other. You know, their words were, their words were to, like, you know, the old truth and love, just sharing with each other. And I'm like, man, if a wrestling team could learn to communicate like your team was, we're going to be, we're going to be really good. And it's a culture that I want to build of just having tough conversations. And, and yeah, I was, I was blown away by it. Yeah, I was in what, awe. What, what, year, what year was that that you started? Gosh, that was uh, 2015, 14, maybe like, like 15. So, um, yeah, it was the year before you won the national yeah, championship. Yeah, the year before. And um, you ended up hiring Chet yeah. as your coach. Yeah. And so at the same time, I'm being coached weekly. He's coming in kicking my ass, and then he's coming over to your office <laughs> and kicking your butt. So how would you describe you before Built to Lead and after in regards to, like, what changes did you kind of internally go through and like what, how, how much has it helped you in a way that's been like noticeable to yourself? Well, that's, well, I mean, there, I mean, just in critical ways. One, I think it's made me a better in every way, a better father, a better husband, a better coach. Um, uh, I think, you know, when I explain build to lead, I think one of, one of the things, well, first of all, self-assessment, you know, as a wrestler, you self-assess, right? One of the beauties of the sport is that young people uh, have an opportunity to have their life shaken up daily. Most people's lives aren't shaken up that much. But in the sport of wrestling, as a young person, you can have it, you can have it rocked daily <laughs> and you have to self-assess and manage that. And it's rocked daily in a safe way. You know, it's a sport. Losing isn't the worst thing in the world, right? 
Um, but it's a, the beauty of it is that it is, it is constantly under self-review. So I think, I think Bill Talib um, really made me look inside more. That's one thing. Definitely constant self-discipline. But also, um, no, no question, Bill Talib, uh, the way Chet just runs, just his, his, his system, I think it, it makes things very palatable, like, like very digestible. He, things, are, things are taught in a way that, that they're just, to me, they're very easy to digest and learn. So yeah, it's turned my world upside down in a really good way. It's helped my team. We, we're still using Bill to lead. My leadership team met yesterday. We're going through the book, right? What, 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 you know, Chet's book. Right? I met with yeah. your leadership team in the last yeah. practice when I was there yeah. with Chet. You were sick. And yeah. um, it's just studs. You and they're growing. Chet they're pushed growing. them to send each other their notes. Yeah. And then they were questioning each other. And it was a very different feel than I've I've seen when I've seen the big group. Sure. And so one of my questions I have for you is when you see people not take to it. Yeah. And there's plenty of them. Right. It's not for everybody. Right. Right. And you know, our coach isn't for everybody either. Right. Just like you and I aren't sure. for everybody. Well, you might be, I'm not, no, no. <laughs> but, um, I know, I know how many doses of Tom you can handle <laughs> in a week. How would you explain it though? Like, what is it that people yeah. look at therapy look at coaching, look at self-help, look at getting better self-assessed. What is it that you think they just are repelled? Why? Why? I mean, what, 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 yeah. what what's your take yeah, on that? That's a good question. I think that, uh, I think that often, often is they, they think they can do it, but they think they've got it. And that's a dangerous place to be. Like, I, I think it's a dangerous place to be. I'll use a, a wrestling analogy. It's like anyone that's come to my program, uh, to the Ohio State wrestling program, and they believe they've arrived, you're, you're in trouble. Like, that's the beginning of the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, you won four state titles, and I made it to Ohio State, and my whole dream's been to wrestle at Ohio State. And, like, listen, you, you, this, is, this is, you know, you've never, you've never arrived. Like, you have moments in time where, hey, we can celebrate this in your life, but there's always a chance for improvement. And I love that about Bill to lead. It's, it's just, it's just it's endless learning. There's endless learning. And um, I'll never forget when I yeah. was in the room and you had met a recruit who was really good, but then you looked at me and said, There's, he won't make it. He, yeah. he won't even be on the team. And I remember thinking, wow, like you hear these kids who have these state championships under their belt and just knowing how hard it is to be a state champ, let alone sure. make Ohio State. And, and here you just say, there's like, I just know, like I've seen him wrestle and I know. And it's just like, it's... Uh, I yeah, until he changes, until he changes and looks inside. So I think that's the big, that's the big... You know, why not? You know, why for me did I wait until I was 36 years old to discover whether there's a God or not? Like truly be able to be able to say that beyond a shadow of a doubt that, that there is a God. Now I was raised in a home where there was, you would have believed in a God, but I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have bet my life on it. So what was it that all these people that came to me and said, listen, there is, and you need to, you should, you should look deeper. I just wasn't ready to look. My life was going well, but I just wasn't ready to look. So why is it that some are just, it just wasn't fertile? And what is it that makes people fertile? Sometimes it's deep suffering, right? Sometimes. And how, and, how, and, how, and how much of it do you think, I mean, I'm sure the answer yeah. is yes to all of it, but as yeah. far as like a percentage of what you've noticed in your system, people who haven't taken to it from yeah. either the, the arrived, I guess you could say a little bit of sometimes an arrogant side of them that they mm -hmm. think that they have nothing to learn from anything more than they already know, but also the lack of identity and that they don't know who they are and yeah. they don't want to face it yeah. because to get punched in the face yeah. and publicly in front of your team 
which ironically is the way to build the trust that leads to performance. Right. It's an, it is, it is, it is interesting. I mean, you, you don't know what you don't know and you don't even see it. You're blind to it. Right. And I think in those situations often, I mean, I don't know how you could come to a deeper understanding of yourself when you're not even aware of yourself, right? Until something hits you that causes you to, and I think that's probably the most frequent way. I know, I know, I know it was, it was for me. Um, you know, and you know, I, I talk a lot about chosen and unchosen suffering, and there are two, two types. And I think they're both critically important. And I think most of us, um, at one time or another, will will experience both. The storm is coming. I always say. The storm's coming. Man. Time to train is now. And it's now. Not yeah. when it comes, right? Yeah. And I think you know, for me, one of my big aha moments after a decade of doing built to lead, and it's become who it's become part of my mm-hmm. identity. Yet the things that I thought were my identity mm. are no longer. I used to be this wrestler who was an athlete that used to wrestle. Then I was an entrepreneur running a business. And like those things, they kind of come and go as you evolve. And if you don't know who you really are at your core, it's yeah. a big problem because you could wake up one day and be completely lost. And I think that's the cause that people find themselves in midlife crisis for and they don't even realize it yeah. because they don't know who they are and their identity is attached to something that's not really the, yeah. who they really are. Yeah, it's funny, you know, when I was at Hofstra for 11 years, coaching at a, a wonderful institution out in the East Coast, they gave me a real, really my first chance at being a head coach. I was young, um, and I, I, I'm there for 11, now I'm here for 18, but as soon as I came here, uh, you know, because you wear the block O, you know, there's, there's a bigger sense of like, you have a greater, right? you, have, you have something more to say than you did at, at Hofstra, or your wisdom was, was greater because of the logo, right. you know, and it's, it's just interesting. We'll put a, we'll put a, a tag on someone in, in, and, and declare them to be a voice of, of, of an expertise of, of, of some sort. And they have no idea who they are. That's right? funny. And I hear you say that and I hear yeah. that's a target. Yeah. Because you know, as well as I know, especially in a big system, you can make one mistake <laughs> right. and they'll kill you. Absolutely. You know, and it's, we've seen it. I've seen it time and time again at Ohio state. Some of my good friends, you know, it's really not, you know, I say it's not fair. And as I yeah. hear myself say it's not fair, it's like, well, that's just how it is. I mean, yeah. that's the responsibility that you have is wearing the tag. But, you know, I mean, look, I mean, I think, I think you know, winning, winning matters. I want to win. I want to be successful. I want the student athletes that I coach to be successful. I want my kids to be successful. Right? I want long-term. I want long-term success for people. Um, but the reality is, you know, hey, we won the Nationals. And I'll, it, was, it was a wonderful feeling in 2015 to win the Nationals. But... But I don't, you know, true story, right? We win the Nationals. I'm coming home from St. Louis. Was it we won it in St. Louis? I'm driving home from St. Louis. I get home. I got the trophy. It was an amazing, right? It was amazing. I got the trophy. I walk in the house. You came to the workout the next day? Right? I, 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 I had it in my car for a while, actually. I would meet, you know, I was meeting friends. I'd bring it and bring it to our house. I carried it around for a while. Not, not too long, but just long enough. But, um, you know, the thing is, you know, the night before, so it's, it's, it's 11 p.m. and Logan Stever just won his fourth national title. We're holding the trophy up on ESPN national TV, you know, like, and the phone's vibrating. The next morning, 6 o'clock, we're on the bus. We're driving home. I get to my house. Nobody's there. Uh, they were still coming back from the nationals. No one's there. My dogs are there, and I had to let them out, and so I let them out. They wouldn't go out on the grass. The time I had left for nationals until I got back, the snow had all melted, and there was a lot of dog waste on the grass. I walked outside 
and scooped for <laughs> four hours. You know, I filled up four bags of crap. Back to reality. It's back to reality, you know, and it's like if you're, if, you, know, the re, you know, the reality is if you're only measuring yourself in your times of greatness or great, great moments, if that's, if that's the measure of your existence and that's the value you place things, you're going to be awfully lonely. Uh, that's what I, you know, that's you're just going to be lonely. And I don't. It was a wonderful night. It was a wonderful night. It was it was a, it was a lifetime of hard, of hard work, right? And and by so many people, but it isn't the true measure of how I measure myself, right? Or, or my scorecard of significance. Yes, it's on there, but there are things far greater that that I measure. You know, uh, there's plenty of coaches that win lots of championships and their marriages fall apart, and their kids are are struggling. You know, uh, there are people that have been incredibly successful with business and they're alone on their deathbed, like. That's just, you got to know who you are. You got to know what you believe. Otherwise, things get upside down fast. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's shift a little bit to Opus. Yeah. And before I ask you the question about vision and Opus, um, I have a question that I always love to ask people. And um, I want you to think it through and, and just be as specific as you can. It's a visionary type of a question. And the, and the question goes like this. It says, if you and I are sitting here three years from now and we're looking back at the last 36 months, what specifically has to happen for you and think about it through your coaching. I want you to focus on the coaching part of it and your team. What specifically has to happen for you to be happy with your progress? So three years, we're throwing a rock out. We're looking back at that <laughs> three, three, 36 months, and you hit, hit, you hit all these things, and that makes you happy with the progress that you've made. What, what are those things? I guess I should know that pretty <laughs> simply. You know? um, I think it's, it's continuing. I mean, I... I'm not in a place right now where I wake up in the morning and it's like, well, I wish this was happening in my life. You know, I'm just, I'm not, that's not a place that I'm in. I'm not living in that place. So, you know, I, I would, I mean, I don't want to say I would like for the, for the next 36 months from now to look similar to they are now, but I want to continue to have deep relationships with my student athletes. Uh, I'd love to say, yeah, I'd like to have a bunch more national champs. Uh, I'd like to see, uh, you know, my, my, my grandchildren continue to progress as amazing people. I like to know that the health of my children, or there's no issues from the, in the health of my children. My marriage is strong. Um, you know, are there, are there, are there, are there, no, you know, I'd like to raise $2 million a year rather than $650,000. I'd like to get my program to a place where the family has grown and more people are supporting. Uh, sure, I'd like to win another national championship from a performance standpoint, but I don't think any of those things would move me to, from a place where I am now. My faith continues to grow. I believe, I believe in a God. Uh, so I don't think there's too many things really that I could look at and say, well, I hope it's this. I want to continue to spend time. My brother's getting older. You know, he's two years older than me, but I want to continue to have amazing moments and times with him. You know, his son's graduating from Ohio State this year. One just gradu graduated from Stanford. Uh, my son's, do I mean, it's just things that I'm in the midst of the things that I love. And it's like, you know, I think you continue to rinse your opus and look, but when it's when it's pretty strong, and you're and you're pretty locked in on what really matters, um, I just you know I want to continue with more of what's happening. So funny, could you start that off with yeah. like, like you didn't know how much you didn't know what they had to answer it, and you listed literally like probably fifteen twenty things. <laughs> <laughs> that is really what I was looking for, and yeah, it's a com knows? combination of. of of mile markers with your success with your team and the relationships yeah. you have with everyone, which is really cool because it shows me that you're on that path already. And so it's in order for you to be, to be happy with your progress, you want to continue doing that, which is, yeah, right, is great. I always right. say people are successful when they're pointing at something and they're moving towards it. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. You know, it, I, again, when you 
paint that picture of winning the national championship and you come home the next day, it reminds me of when we're in business and we had to reset at the end of every month. And so you get this high, you broke a record and then the next day reset. Mm. Like we don't care what you did. Sure. <laughs> what are you doing right. today? Right? Because like right. that's a history now, and it's it's hard to um, it's hard to reset all the time. I mean, I looked I looked at your guys' um, schedule over the past. I mean, you you've placed in the top what in last in NCAA's in the last since 2015. In the last 19 years, we've been in the top 10, 17 of them. Right. That's right. But but. You know, the top 10 isn't where we want to be. And you guys were... We've been second six times. We've been first. I'm good at second. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Uh, We were in the top top four, I think, eight or nine times. Uh, So so, talk to me about the reset. So every year you've had to reset. Sure. And is that something that you... It's a struggle and it's hard because you put all this in and you have to start over? Or does that motivate you and get excited? No, it motivates me and gets me excited. You know, we, 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 we haven't been where we want to be. We want to win, you know, and... And Penn State kind of separated from us a little bit. They've separated from everybody a little bit. So it's a constant self-assessment. How can we narrow that gap again? You know, uh, when we lost them, we were were second in 2018. There's, I don't know, a couple of hundred matches in a national tournament that determined, I mean, it came down to one match. If we win this particular match, we're the champions. Now it's separated. They separated from us. So it's constant, you know, self-assessment. It's constantly, what can we do better? You know, uh, you know, um, how, what, what did we, why did we not get that recruit? They got this recruiter. So it's, it's, it's endless. It's endless. Um, I think the framework for the most part is that you don't, you don't, you know, throw away the blueprint. The blueprint's good, but, but, but what things can we do that will narrow the gap that has, and it's not only us with them, it's every school they've separated themselves. So. The NIL gets introduced. NIL, for people who are listening that don't know it, it's where the college athletes now can earn income for the first time in history where they can make money and you can be bought. You know, you can be bought. And I'm curious, when you paint your picture of an opus and you have this vision, and I always admire like people in your position because an opus for wor- your work, it's a lot easier to shoot for something like a national championship than to be in a business like I was in and trying to like come up with some big vision. I mean, it's very hard. Right. And so, you know, again, I was wondering when I asked you the question before, you know, is a national championship in there? Like, are you, when you look back in three years, like, is that like, that's a, of course a goal, but you want to win a national championship. And so when, when NIL kind of hits the scene and kids now are shifting because they shift, at the end of the day, kids were always shifting and p- kids were coming. You were getting a lot of them at Ohio State because you're Ohio State and you got the sure. tags. And then, you know, people will go to these big schools and Penn State, you say, pulls away a little bit. Why? How? And how does that just happen? And like, how do you how do you, how do you make that happen here in Columbus? Like, yeah. what, what, what causes that? Is it NIL? Yeah, I mean, it certainly has helped, right? Money, money certainly has helped. If a student athlete has a full ride at one place and a full ride in 4000 a month at another place, that's a real pull. Um, so, um, however, you know, there's also, there's also some, you know, for some, they're not, they're unviable, right? It's like, this is where I want to be and it doesn't matter. And ultimately we want people that want to be with us that are at a very high level that love Ohio state and want to be Buckeyes. And it's ingrained in the fabric of them that for years it's been, I got involved in wrestling in seventh grade. I came to a wrestling camp at Ohio state and there's nothing more that I want than to be there. Um, so you're balancing, right? You're balancing that, right? You're balancing the ones that, that just truly want to be there. But there are some also, yeah, I'd like to be there, but I also like this place and they're offering me more than you're offering me. So, you know, this year, you know, our team, we have no, 
nobody that's on an NIL that was paid to be with us. Every guy in my team was uh, recruited by us out of high school authentically. You know, and that's that's a beautiful thing for us. I'm proud of that, but I don't want to stake my, you know, my my, my stake in the ground on the fact that there's always who will be. Um, if we look at someone, I will I will say this though. I think that having tough conversations and being open and honest with your team is the is the is the most fundamental way of building deep trust. And you, and if they if they if they don't trust you, if they're always questioning his motives, you have a real problem in your organization. So let's say I'll use an example of this year in the NIL space. There's a couple of weight classes where we're not we don't appear to be elite in terms of the rankings. Um, so. So I met with everybody on my team in those weight classes, and I mentioned, I, I talked to them about a couple of men that were in the portal, in the transfer portal. And it's, the question simply is, if you were me, what would you do? <laughs> right? And they just open conversations with young people that are 18 to 22, and, and sometimes all they can see is their, their life. You know, and, and you know, one of the questions in the recruiting process is, you know, what are you willing to do for the team, right? Old... Uh, you know, the All Blacks, uh, the Australian football, that was out of, out of their book. You know, they asked them, what would you do for the team? And, and the conversation was incredible, the growth that occurred just among the team. And look, I, I want to know what you think. If you were me, would you bring them in? And every one of them said yes. Wow. So, so hold on, you're telling me that, that you, you, you're okay with me making your life harder to make this team, that I should get this guy. And he said, that, no, he, they all said, every one of them, I want to hear it. Tell me. Tell me what are they strong enough than that? I mean, it's amazing, right? And then you question: Is that how you really feel? Am I? Are you in the coat? You're in the principal's office. Because what does it say if I say otherwise? What do I say if I say otherwise? And every one of them was was it. Now look, the the guys were had one year left, and these guys have three or four years left. So there's there's other. I don't care if I'm coming to Ohio State and you ask me that question, I'd be crapping my pants because if I told you, you know what, coach. I did everything to come here and I wasn't going to, and I came here to give you everything. And now you're going to bring a guy in to trump me. Like if I said that I would come off so the wrong way. Would you, would you be able to hear that? I'd be able to hear it, but I would say I would have a hard, I would, it would, it would, it would, it would tell me that I've got to help you grow. Would you have been able to do that? Yeah, I did it. What do you mean? I did it. I mean, I left the full scholarship and walked on at Iowa and everybody, they were, I knew there was an All-American in my weight class that was better than me. And I would have said to Gable, if you can find someone to beat me, you should. That's, that's your job. Your job is to, your job is to put the best team on the mat. And if, and if your job is to put the best team on the mat, then you should do that. And if you think you can find someone, good luck. Right? Like that's because that's truly how I felt. Has, has the NIL changed the kids? Um, I mean, I think I, you know, I, we're, we're, we're young in it. We're young in it. We're, we're really in year two. Right. We're in year two. We signed the number one recruiting class in the country two years ago. The first year that someone got paid about 175,000 to wrestle for one year. We, we had the number one recruiting class in the country. Not a single one of those athletes, those student athletes, we signed the number one pound for pound, number two pound for pound, number three pound for pound. Not one of them was offered an ideal and an NIL deal at Ohio State. They came on a full, full, they came on athletic aid only. You know, it's amazing how many businesses are not aware of this. And sure. I wonder why are people not tapping in to leveraging these athletes to sponsor their brands, to talk about their, I mean, it is like you can get 
you can get it for cheap. There's a lot of kids who will right. do anything just to make some extra cash. Absolutely. And there's just such a gap right now of just yeah. lack of communication. I know Ohio State's trying to do a lot of things, but sure. like, you know, I don't hear about it. So like, yeah. you know, and I know I've talked to people and they didn't even, they were not even aware of it. I mean, there's just not that much press yeah, about it. Yeah, I think it's young. I think it's young. I think it's, it's, it's still early. And I, th I think Ohio State's working diligently at making sure that, because we're in a booming area, right? I mean, we're in a different, you know, region than some of the, I'll just use wrestling and some of the wrestling regions in the middle of nowhere. Right. You know, these institutions are, they are the, they are the region. Columbus is booming. So, you know, we feel like we're in a good position to put our student athletes in a place where, you know, they can, they can get more than a, a full scholarship. Right. And they can. Did you, you know, feel that you had to sell harder when the NIL kind of came about and you had to go talk to these kids, kids, guys that you wanted to recruit, did you did you feel like it changed your style at all? I think I, I didn't with this particular group. It was really cool that they just really wanted to be together. And and you know you're looking for the person that you're looking for the individual that that is more interested in building something than buying something. I would say you know, that's uh, where it's like look, Penn State's been on top for a little while here. Let's do you want to be part of the group that knocks them off? Like I need people that <laughs> right. Right, think that way. Right. I don't want to join them. I'm going to beat them. Uh, and these three men, you know, uh, and, and others, it was more in the class that was five, five or six really tough guys in this class. And they'll, they'll all be redshirt freshmen this year. Um, but, but certainly the, the NIL space has made recruiting far more complicated. Yeah. Do you yeah. currently have any conversations that you have delayed because they're hard? And you know you're going to get your butt kicked in practice that you need to go have that conversation. It's probably I'm just habit now and discipline that you go have these conversations. But I'm curious if you were to just walk through your journey of like pre-built to lead to now built to lead when it comes to dealing with conflict and dealing with yeah. conversations and telling people the truth and hitting them with something that you know is going to hurt and it's going to hurt you because yeah. you have to go deliver that message. Is that getting out of bed for you now? Is that still hard? Do you have any now that you're delaying? Yeah, that's a great <laughs> question. It's still hard. And here's why it's hard. It's hard because... It's hard because, uh, for me, uh, because I, I, I want it to be perfect, right? I want the perfect combination of, 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 of truth and love, of grace and truth. Like, I want them, I want to, to authentically hear what, what and, and sometimes your words aren't perfect, right? So what I've really, what's really helped me a lot with Build to Lead is, is to have them repeat, what did you hear me, like, like to go deeper. What did you hear me say? Now write it out. And, and, and so I think, you know, meetings used to end with me talking and now they end with me listening. You know, what did you hear? I want to make sure that you leave here, you know, getting the gist. But, but you know, sometimes, you know, there's, there's some conversations now that are, that is, can, you know, and I, and, I, and I worry too much, can he handle it? Is he ready for it? Is he ready? Is, he, is, he, is, it, is it going to be beneficial? Like to share something with somebody with the intent of it not being beneficial uh, or thinking it may not be beneficial or well, maybe, I, maybe it should wait. You know, so I think that those are the challenges, I think, for me. And there's an insecurity at times. Especially with wrestlers. Wrestlers, yeah. are, they have that the tough man mentality. Right. It's hard to open up and be that authentic, especially when it can come off a little bit as a weakness maybe to some people. They right. feel that way. Have you ever felt that you've reached a point in your practices with your team, like what you saw with my team. Yeah. Have they gotten to that point ever? What do you Meaning mean? they can authentically either call each other out. No, I think we're, I think it's a journey for us. I don't think that we're where, I don't think that we're where we want to be. One, not only calling each other out, 
but you always talk about between the difference between nice and kind and the kindness that's needed. Like what is, we had this meeting yesterday, built to lead meeting. What does kind look like in the wrestling room? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like, what does truly being kind look like? And I got to see firsthand, right, an organization that's won 17 championships. I was part of a team that won a couple of national championships. Uh, and, and, and the kindness I saw was, was the, the merciless. Like, the word I would use is, like, like, merciless toward each other. When you're in practice. Like, that's being kind. If you really want well, to... I, I felt like that with Chet sometimes. Right, right. Or I knew he loved me, but he, he would, he would kill like, me. This is like merciless, you know? Right. And, <laughs> and that's really, you know, so I think that, you know, words and, and, and hey, I, I wrestled you today in practice, and you had more to give, man, and you didn't give it, right? But I think in the midst of practice, to flatten somebody, if you can, is what you should do. And that's being kind. To not flatten someone... Uh, that you should flatten and you know you can taking it easy on somebody when you shouldn't i have a much easier time doing that quite frankly physically than with words right um, right look if I that mean, makes I, any sense yeah sure i mean i remember my goal when people used to walk out of my office before belts leave was to make sure they were happy yeah because i figured right. my thought was if they go back to their desk why why do i want them upset why do i want them pissed off right but I realized it's just the worst way to lead because I was being fake. I wasn't Absolutely. being, and then when I started hitting people with the truth, yeah, they didn't walk away happy, but they come back and they. <laughs> <laughs> so, and 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 happy keeps you in the wrong frame of mind. Right. It just does. I was happy at Syracuse before I left, and I would leave practice relatively happy, and I I left practice unhappy all, all the time. I was always beaten for a long time. It was a lot of beatings, six months of just, and then you take it home. And because you're so, uh, you, would, you, you, you got truth. How can I manage this truth? Okay, they were stronger. Well, I better get lifting more. They were more fit. I got tired. I was doing fine until I got tired. I couldn't finish a single leg. It's just constant self-assessment when you're being told the truth. And there's very little self-assessment when you're not. Right. Unless, you know, unless you're in a place where you're really living in truth and you understand truth. But I think bringing truth is, is critical. So one of the things I love about just the whole leadership kind of mode of being of just who you are is it's just always constant, never ending learning and getting better. So if two questions, one, if I'm sitting with Chet today and I ask Chet, Chet, what's one thing Grappy has to, the one thing he has to work on most right now, what, what do you hear him say? Tougher. Meaning what? So I would say, I would say he, he views me as more tender than tough. And it's interesting. It's interesting. I was away and I, this is, this is, this is I was harder on myself than I am on others. I should be equally as hard. This is the standard, right? So and, I would say, I would, say, I would probably say that. And tougher with but I'm the guys? That. Yeah, just, just overall. Just, just, yeah, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I hear that because I've heard that before too. <laughs> but I would also say that yeah. uh, sitting down with guys and having them look at the portal. <laughs> right, right. That's pretty, right. No, I've gotten better at it. Yeah. I've gotten, like, I've gotten to a place where, look, this is what I would, this is what I would have wanted. And I would have, I, I think this is the, I think this is the right way to handle it. And, and, <laughs> And uh, you want to know what I'm thinking? This is what I'm thinking. And I love you. And, and, you know, every meeting begins with that and ends with that. I do. I care about you. And what's the one thing that, um, outside of tough and tender, one that you are, that you're hard on yourself, that you're trying to close a gap, you're trying to get better. And this is one thing that, like, if I had to work on one thing right now, this is... I have to write more. I have to be a better... I have to to be more diligent in, in writing. I have to be more disciplined with my writing. Daily reading, daily writing. And so what does it look like if you're going to sit down and write? Because I, I talk about yeah. the power in the pen all the time with everybody. Yeah. And, you know, again, we always hear leaders are writers and you get yeah. your thoughts and there's so many benefits to it. 
if you were going to sit down and write today and you found a block of time where you're going to sit down, you know, with Built to Lead, there's just so many frameworks you can play with. People go into yeah. the worldview, they talk about their principle, their opus, their vision, their, you know, their gaps. What, what focus would you be focusing on right now if you were to write? Yeah, I would just say, I mean, I mean, sometimes it's just what's relevant in that, in that day, going home at night and getting clarity on it. So we had wrestle-offs yesterday. Just what, just my perception of wrestle-offs, right? And just getting clarity, more clarity on what I saw, what athletes were saying after the wrestle-off, the texts that I were getting from the guys that won and the guys that lost. Like really, really absorbing that more than I read the text. It made me think about something and then I, I moved on. I think really going deeper into um, into the events of that day. Cool. And if you self-assessed self-assess, yourself, how, how would you rate yourself in being tuned in to the guys in the room so that, you know, when you catch someone who's having a rough day or you catch someone who's going through a hard time and, you know, they keep it to themselves. They, they kind of bottle it up, right? They don't, they don't support. They, they go into that, in that dark place. Are you good at picking up on that or is that, is that a weakness of yours? Like, and then being able to like tap into it to pick that guy yeah. up when he needs it. That's a great question. And I think that's something that's just critically important. You know, I, I rely a lot on my staff as well to be the same. So we film everything, every practice that happens at Ohio state is filmed. Wow. So we can go I, I, at night. I go back every, every night I go back on my iPad and I watch the practice over because I find myself trending toward what I like to see. I find myself, I leave practice. I'm like, that was a great practice. You know, I watch it on film. I'm like, it's a great practice. The three guys I fell in love with because they were doing so well. Everybody else was a train wreck. You know, it's like, I just like beautiful things. Right. And I, my eyes are on the beauty in there. And, and it's really helped us, you know, as a staff. Um, you know, the athletes are aligned with the coach. On live wrestling days, we assess their training. I send five positive videos to every one negative video. Uh, so just this whole ratio thing of making sure that there was beauty in your practice, but here was the things that you really got to work, work what's, on. What's the why behind that? So people listening can understand. Yeah, just, just, I mean, the why is, the why is just the way the mind works. I mean, I, the, the way the brain works, we want them uh, just because you're in a battle against constant negativity and we got to bring positivity. You got to fight at five to one ratio. So there's a lot of positive in this. You did really good at this today. And this is brilliant. And look at this, which is brilliant. And this is brilliant. And then, hey, here's, tell, tell me what you should have done here. You know, what do you think you could have done differently there? So, um, so it's an area that, that I've got to continue to grow in because I, I, struggle with, I struggle with being all over the place. You know, I struggle with my mind's racing constantly and it's just being in the moment. And uh, so it's challenging my coaches that way. And also making sure that you cheat yeah. towards your high performers. Yeah, it's towards our high performers. So how do you how do you find a, a healthy balance in that you've got all these new kids who are probably a bit insecure coming into a program yeah. and knowing they're not the be all end all anymore like they were, and yeah. yet you're got guys in your room that it's very intimidating for people to be in your room because you got national champions everywhere. You got yeah. guys who are winning worlds. You got everything going on in there. How do you how do you give those guys what they need? but not suck the energy out of you because you want to make your high performers even better. Yeah. I mean, we've been challenged as a staff, you know, as a staff to, to really look at our roster. So we have a roster of 33. That's, that's the most we're allowed to have. And we've, we've, you know, when I was first at Ohio state, there was no cap. You can have as many as you want now title nine. So, so we've given, we were given a cap 
And I, I realized that, that the cap's been good because sometimes I just love the sport and I think that everybody is going to gain from the sport. By, like, I, like if you're not in the room, I can't help you. But the reality is sometimes the best thing for you is to not be in the room and the best thing for us is to not have you in the room. So, um, so I think, I think um, just, just it makes you look, look, look deeper into who you have and why are they there and, and, and who should be there and who shouldn't be there. Um, as a staff, we've looked more closely in that. Just because you have 33 allowed, you shouldn't, doesn't mean you should have 33. Um, they should all be swimming in the same direction, per se. Um, um, yeah, but so what is what, 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 what we just, so, just in, so in I was just so I was talking about cheating, you know, cheating towards your high performers and yeah. guys feeling lost yeah. and you know they're not the BLNL like they used to yeah. be. And you as a coach, I mean, yeah. I know for me, I used to try to take. I, I want. I cared. Yeah. And I wanted to help the people who weren't as good get up. And so yeah. I was trying to lift, but I realized it, it drained me. And yeah. I realized I was ignoring my high performers right. because I wasn't, because they were great and they were doing their things. And so I figured I can lead them to do their thing, yeah. keep producing, get these guys up. But I, I was backwards, you know, and after I got hit and sure. practice from a focus on the high performers, push them, they'll bring the whole system up and it, it, that works. Yeah, no, it absolutely works. And it's critical. It's critically important. So I would say that, so, the, so I got lost my train of thought there, but the number one is to make sure you've got people in there that deeply love it and care and, and are and they may not help you win a national championship by their performance but there's other ways they're great partners their efforts incredible in practice right we measure two things what so effort and skill your passions are given I'm not here to motivate you every day um, uh, so that's number one is making sure that everybody in the room has a sense of I got to get better today that's number one and number two is just you know making sure like like I'm getting older right I'm 54 now there was a time when I could wrestle all day every day I can't do that now so even physically who do I surrender my body to <laughs> physically, right? I, and and, and I, I trend toward the ones that are elite, right? It, otherwise, it's an hour of me physically giving something up. And, I've, and I've, I've given it to someone that, quite frankly, doesn't have it. They don't have it. Uh, they're not, they're not going to win the nationals for us. But they're incredibly important to our team. Uh, so, so um but it doesn't mean, you know, I'll grab lunch with them. I'll, I'll, I'll have lunch meetings with my freshmen to make sure they're all doing okay because I love them. I care about them. I want them to do well. But, uh, but absolutely, you know, the national tournament, there's 33 guys in the room. You can win with six studs. Has anyone ever not been it and become it? Um, man, no. Wow. What is it? No, that's a great question. I mean, I'm a head coach now for 30 years. I've never seen someone that that didn't have the it factor and then uncovered it at this level. Wow! At this level, I mean, I've seen, I've seen. It's like the the the, the it is. Uh, you have to be a, a psychotic competitor. <laughs> you know, what I'm like 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 borderline insane. Meaning, like, for like people like, who like, don't like understand the desire, what it's like. <laughs> the desire to attain what you want is so deep. This it's so deep. There's nothing you wouldn't do to attain it. Like, like, like it's crazy, like craziness, like ultimate competitor, not someone that loves to work out and works out all the time. That's loving working out. I'm talking about loving the desire to win. You apply that anywhere in life. The Is desire, it outside desire, of sports? The desire, the desire to win, desire to, you know, and of course it's to fulfill, you know, in, from a heavenly standpoint, a godly standpoint, it's to be what God intended you to be, whatever that is. And typically that's going to be something you love. You know, my son was more athletic than me. Right, my, my second son was more athletic than me. 
I love wrestling far more than him. He loves business far more than I do. He's killing it in business. I'm doing well in wrestling. So I think there's just, you got to find out what you're Does love he is. have that it that you talk oh, about for, it. for business? His, he says, it in business is unreal. I mean, he tells me, I've, I've, I've asked, like, do this, I don't do it. He was right. Would you describe what you are attracted to as that it? Yeah. Anywhere in life? Yeah, anywhere in life, the it. Just just find me someone that's, I, I'm, I'm in love with my, my garbage man. <laughs> I'm in love with the guy's amazing. This guy's amazing. I, mean, I try to see him as much as I can. I mean, he's, he's, just, he's just the best garbage man. He just, he loves, he, he's great at what he does. He'll, he'll be, he, I don't care if there's five inches of snow, 10 inches of snow, minus 20, guaranteed. Guaranteed all the young guys aren't on the truck that day. I'll wait. It's him. He's on the truck. And he's, he's alone. He's alone. Why did you come to work? I love what I do. People need, I, I, I got, I'm sorry. So, so yeah, the it, the it is number one, right? This, this, the, it is, the it is this deep, deep passion to be elite, to be the best. And then, of course, there's a lot of other things that you look at, right? Yeah. But that's it. So we, we talk about both of being a master repairman. So as mm. someone who's kind of out in front and um, a talker, a motivator, someone who inspires, who has a big opus, uh, we're bound to take a lot of risks. And we mm. will sometimes say things that will either hurt people and we don't even know it. Or sometimes we say it and we're just not perfect in every communication and we'll, we'll have to repair that. Right. Can you think of a, a, a something that has happened over the past year, whatever, that you can think of where you had to kind of humble yourself and actually go and do the repair work with someone on your team, with a yeah. coach, with a, yeah, can you give course. us an example yeah. of something? Student athlete, um, um, just, just struggling, just struggling. I was handling him. I didn't, I didn't realize he was struggling the way he was struggling. Uh, we had a conversation that was difficult. It didn't go well. Um, it didn't get any better for him, and he was carrying it. And then his, 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 his I'm close with his family as well, and they, they let me know that, hey, listen, this isn't, he's feeling differently, I think, than you think he's feeling. You know, so it was going back in and sitting down with him. And, was it a blind spot? Uh, for sure, for me, absolute blind spot. Yeah, I mean, I love the guy. Kids, kids, amazing guy, great leader. You know, but it was, man, how did I? Do you, do you question, that? like, how did I miss that? Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, and then you repair it. And you just repair it. Hey, I, I got a lot going on too, man. I thought I was reading this right. I read it wrong. I love you, man. That's not, that was not my intent. You know, and, and, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's, you know, to your point earlier, just about you ask a question and it's, listen, it's hard for me to tell my boss everything I'm thinking. I'm 54. I love Gene, but he's an intimidating. You know, there's a, there's a real intimidation factor, you know, so it's not easy to do. Um, but I want to make sure I, I want to be a leader that empowers them to know that you can, you know, so that you can, you can challenge me, challenge my thinking, challenge what I said. I, I don't know. I don't agree with you. Like I, I, I see it differently. Okay. That's fantastic. Like people that do that, I fall in love with, Right. you know, it's like, I want that. I worked for 25 years to try to build that. Try to build that. I want that. I, I like, I genuinely want that. I'm not going to hold that against you. You know, but it's and interesting if it's illogical, because then, then I can, I, if, if it's illogical, I'll be able to prove how illogical it is. It's a, it's a, it's a weird thing though, because one thing I learned from, from being in a position for 25 years and then getting out of it, everything changed when you're not in that authority position. It's not as scary anymore when the person can't kill you, when they can't get, it's amazing. And it just goes to show me myself that I'm only afraid of one thing and one thing only. Yeah, <laughs> because I, everyone putting on their pants the same way yeah. and I don't care who you are, you're struggling with something. Yeah. You can hide it up really well, right. but everyone's struggling. So I think, you know, people who 
play the power play. Okay. So people do that. But for someone who's scared, there's always someone who's better. There's always someone who's going to be higher up, you know, at some sure. level. Um, and in wrestling, even more so, because there's always going to be a guy who can come on a good day and, and beat your ass. Right. <laughs> I, think, I think, I think just my self-awareness is decent. I think I have decent self-awareness. I can be very overbearing and I know that, you know, and like, I really want to empower my coaches. I don't run every practice. I make sure that my coach, it's like, if I want them to grow, they got to lead practices. If I want them right. to grow. They got to lead meetings. They got to be, you know, so I, I think I just, I, I feel, I, at least I, I, I think that I think that all the years of coaching, all the mistakes, you know, that, you know, there's a high sense, you know, built to leaders helped me with the voting process, right? The old school thumb. What, how do you got his head? Here's how I feel about it. Here's my, here's my assessment of it. Everyone puts their thumb sideways. Are we going yes or no? Right, one, two, three. Who says get them? Who says don't get them? Who says handle this this way? Who? And I think it's just really important to have people around me that aren't yes people, and, and to empower them, and to put them in tough situations. Is this an easy conversation? Okay, you come lead the conversation, right? You you be in the meeting with me. You you share the news, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just you know, yeah. Uh, so we're, we're wrapping up our time now. Yeah. So just a couple last questions. So. High school athletes, I got my two kids are in high school, and so I'm going to their, their sports events, and I'm seeing all these kids, and you hear them talk, and you hear them talking about the really good kids on the teams that, you know, they want to advance, and they want to go into college, and it is, it's such another level. It's such a higher level. What advice can you give high school kids who want to pursue a career in athletics in college that you know they're not thinking about, you know they don't know, they can't know because there's just no way they can know, but you've been in the system for so long, and you've seen everything what's something that you think would be helpful for kids to just to be more aware of um, yeah. and and kind of checking down that journey so so for kids growth it was so I yeah. think I think one of the biggest challenges for kids are overbearing parents I think that's probably the biggest often the thing that you know I don't know if I, I listen to a lot of a lot of leadership stuff as well and, and and one one leader I listened to said you know one of the you know for for a boy to truly become a man his father has to pass that's an interesting statement to me, right? Like, whoa, what are you talking about? Like, now you, so it's almost like the burn the boat, the Vikings, the burn the boat, you're on your own now, kid. It's, you know, you've got to figure this tough stuff out on your own. You know, um, I don't necessarily completely agree with that, but I'm not, but, but, but there's also, there's an element to it that's like, wow, it's just, it's, it's striking, it's striking to me that, that he said this, you know, so, I mean, and now more than ever, no, no parents than ever. are so much. They're, they're just helicopter. They're just like, let the kid fail. <laughs> yeah. Be dad. So I think, I think the best thing for a, a, a kid is to be dad and find people that you trust that will challenge him and you just be dad. And that was, was hard. I had a kid that wrestled. Sitting in the top of the bleachers, not saying anything, you know, was the best thing for his growth. So, so I think, and when there is communication, it's not about winning and losing. It's about your effort. But what can a kid do if he's yeah. got a parents that are doing that? How, what can a kid do? Like, how can he? Yeah, know? it's really, it's, it's, it's really hard. I see it. I see it now. I see it in student athletes that I'm coaching now that had that, you know, that there wasn't five positives to one negative. Right. There were five negatives to one positive. And there's doubt, right? And there's doubt. And, and doubt's, just, doubt's, doubt's a dangerous thing in our lives, right? Where um, it's real. We have to overcome it, but it's a, it's a, it's it's a scary thing too, and uh, you know so so uh, focusing on I think just focusing on what you can control 
is, is unbelievably important. Because right, you can't control your parents. You can't control your parents. You can't control them. And you, you have to have a filter. You have to know that, you know, the old saying, being a landlord of your mind. You have to be a landlord of your mind. You got to protect it. And you got to know when to protect it. And you got to know what belongs in it and how long it's allowed to stay there. And you know, you have the power to evict it and don't let it r- ruminate over and over again in your mind. So, um, you know, I've seen, I've seen both sides. I've seen parents that are overbearing and their kids do have done pretty well. Um, and I've seen kids that have parents that just allow coaches to coach and climb really high. And, and, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, ultimately, ultimately as a dad, you know, I want to have a, a relationship with my son that's right. healthy. Right. It's awesome. So I think I answered it. Yeah. I don't think I answered that too well, but it's, it's not. Well, you know, it leads me into my struggle. next point. That's right. the thing I would say. Because, I mean, the, kid, look, the, the, look problem is, the problem is it's hard for the kid. The kid really yeah. has lack of control. I mean, really, it's, it's good advice for parents <clears> to, to, yeah. to be careful and be more aware. So, so the answer for an athlete directly is you put yourself in the toughest situations you can as often as you can. <laughs> That's number one. Learn that, learn, that, learn, that, learn that struggle is good for you and learn that tension is good for you and learn that stress can be really health, health, healthy for you and, and know that during the workout, that's your objective. And when you're out of the workout, let it go. And then do it again the next day. And know how to let it go. So I think I think that's really important. So we're going to end on this. Yeah. Um, a topic, uh, one of my favorite topics. I'm actually doing an interview series right now talking to entrepreneurs and professional athletes about discipline. And it is unbelievable how if you just compare someone to another person, just go down the line of 100 people and you look and ask them or just look at their life and see what kind, how many, what are the specifically disciplines they have in their life that have helped build them into who they are, right? And so some people can be completely crazy, like you're it, right? And they're disciplined in a way yeah. that people can't even fathom. They yeah. can't understand how you can be so obsessed about something. And then there are some that just live a very healthy life because they have healthy disciplines in their life. So my first question as we wrap this up is, um, can you share a couple of your disciplines that you feel like, you know, they guard you, they protect you, they keep you in line with your vision of who you want to be because you've put these things in your life and it's just like now, it's just part of my life. It's who I am. Yeah. I mean, early morning, get up early. I mean, I'm an early morning person. Watching sunrises are, are healthy for me. It's a discipline that I believe in watching the sun come up matters. Uh, um, you really do that? Yeah. So like you wake up at what time? I'm usually up. I, I don't need an alarm anymore. I mean, sixes. I wouldn't. I will never sleep. I, what do you go outside and just hang out? Go outside. I have a window in my house. That, oh, I have a beautiful giant window. I can see this sunrise every every morning if I'm there. If not, it's in a restroom and it comes up. But just sunrises matter. Uh, sunsets matter. I mean, I rush home for a sunset. If I can be in my house by sunset, they matter. I've got friends that. Why? Because life's precious, man. I think it's beautiful. I love beauty. I think. I think just, just. Uh, you know, I've got friends that are, are getting older. Some are struggling. Some, are, some, are, some have passed. Some just don't take anything for granted. It's the beauty. Day begin, day end. I start every day with a drink, a certain drink I use. It's, it's, it's lemon. It's lemon. It's honey. It's garlic. It's, it's ginger. And it's kale. It's cayenne pepper. Uh, the exact proportion every morning with some hot water. Every morning it's a discipline. It's an incredible cleanser. It's good for me. It makes me feel incredible. Uh, working out. I mean, just, 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 it doesn't have to be torturing yourself, but sweat, sweat every day. I think it's really important because I think my life is so easy. <laughs> you know, my life's a joke. I mean, if I don't have the fan on my feet at night, I'm pissed. If my foot's not out, if the, the fan's not in the perfect direction, hitting my big toe, I can't sleep. 
<laughs> right? And life just becomes so easy. And it's just, it's just I, my life's easy. My life's beautiful. Everything about it's the biggest struggle I have is someone missed study table. A guy that I love, he didn't go to study table. Like life is just, right now, it's been an incredible season of like my job. I'm around people. Hasn't always been. It hasn't always been. It's been, right? There's been, but, but like my job, my, my, I, yeah. I go to work and I'm smiling. I'm around people that love what they do. Everybody loves what they do. Everybody in my facility is the number one place they wanted to be. Like how much gratitude? It's just gratitude everywhere. So I have to, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to forcefully uh, um, bring suffering into your life. You have to forcefully do it. You have to bring hard things into your life because it's, when it's going so well, I know that, that I'm, I'm soft. And I know that because every time the bike asks my heart rate to go to 170, <laughs> I can, I'm, I'm, I, I'm like, why am I doing this? So I know, I know it brings you to a place of you're soft, you can't do it alone. And that reminder is just really important. You know, prayer, obviously, you know, prayer, gratitude, you know, the things you're grateful for. You see, obviously, uh, unfortunately, in these yeah. days, it's like people moving away from that and they idolize money and fame and honor and everything that they want. That yeah. is, you know, I, I, I talk <clears throat> about everything with a price tag is meaningless because I've seen guys lose everything and they built it back up. Yeah. <laughs> but you lose something free. Yeah. That's the most important thing in your life. You can't get it back. That's, yeah, that's, the, well that's the most important thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and regarding the, the kids outside of it and it's outside of just the craziness of working out disciplines that you can just you, you see in other people that you are you admire and inspires you not yours but like yeah. things that you, just disciplines that you know that like champions people who are just not average they yeah. just they have built this into their life and it, it makes them an outlier it makes them different yeah. distinctly different strong people that have deep relations with others i mean there's just like deep good friendships like lifelong friendships you know, this whole, this thing, I built, this is a built, you know, a lot of the people I'm around are built to lead people. Right. A lot of my friends are built to, are built to, I trend toward them. So, you know, this, this thing of the, I love twos, you know, people that really, they, 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 they write out their, I love twos and they do them. They actually do them. You know, so that's been something that's, 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 that's a habit now that I, that I have of, like, I love to talk to my daughter. So every week I know I'm going to talk to her, like I'm going to talk to her and, and I make sure I plan out and I, and this is people that I admire. So I'm just about things that that I do now because the people I admire do them. It's like, you know, wrestling can consume me if I let it. But in my calendar, I have things that, that, are, that, are, that are just more important than wrestling. And I make sure I get to those things. Otherwise, I'm only doing the things I need to do, not things I love to do. So I think I'm, so there's people in my life that, yeah, they, 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 really, they really value the things that, you know, you talked about. I don't have a price tag. They don't have a price tag. <laughs> right. They value them. You know. Um, right. So I don't know. At the end, I've just been really blessed. I have a family. So I, the, the number one thing that allowed me to take chances, I believe, is to take risk. Is that not everyone is raised in a home like I was raised, right? Some people take risks, and they they grew up with they didn't know their dad. Their dad was not a good person in in their life. He was not a good example. I was I was a hundred steps ahead of everybody in the way I was raised. You know, everybody that didn't have what I had. I didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have much at all. But we had everything that you couldn't put a price tag on, that you, that, that's priceless, we had. Mother was honest, let me deal with my own, my own things. My, our, our relationship between the, 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 my, my stepdad, they've been married for 44 years, and my, my mother was incredible. I saw deep love in the house. I had trust in the house. I saw hard work in the house. Like I saw all these things that this is how you do it. You know, this is how you do it. And it... It doesn't make you wealthy, 
But it makes you if extremely. You, if you live it, you can give it. Yeah. So right. you, if you, you live it, you can give it. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know, you can't tell your kids how to live their life. You can show them. Right. <laughs> right. And, 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 just, and just being being in that environment was just, you know, it allowed me to leave a full ride and walk on right. somewhere. You know, like it just gave me the courage to like, money ain't the end all be all. Sure, it makes life better. I mean, the more money I've made, I've got some things now that kind of make life. I have a big window I can look out of. If I didn't have some money, I couldn't buy that big window. But right. but in general, those are not things that... Right, and the window could be taken away like that. Yeah, you're right, of course. Right, so at yeah. the end of the day, we know how um, important money is because I know how passionate you are about the facility and if you can really quick end on why you raise money fundraising. You know, everyone thinks, Ohio State, you got all this money. What, what are you doing? But you have something a little special and unique at Ohio State. If you could just tell everyone who's listening yeah. what that is and why you're raising money and what your goals are and what you need help with. Yeah, no, no, we need help. I mean, you know, I mean, again, the big giant Ohio State, you think there's endless, you see those, that football stadium, you know, we sold $300,000 in corn dogs, you know, <laughs> at the last game, you know, 500,000 in water, you know, it's like, that doesn't help Ohio State wrestling. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. Um, so, so we have an Olympic training center in our facility. So the law, the big, the, the big dream of the elite wrestlers is to win Olympic gold, right? That's the epitome of, of that's attaining well, the ultimate in the sport is to win Olympic gold. And we have an, uh, an organization called the Ohio Regional Training Center. It's an affiliate of the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. And uh, our annual budget is now $2 million a year. And what we do with that money is, is um, we do a couple things with it. So the RTC, there's, a, there's an element of it that can help student athletes with their, with, and, and from an NIL standpoint. There's an element of it that, that uh, helps uh, elite wrestlers after college now there's no pro wrestling pro wrestling is winning olympic gold so what it does is it helps fund um olympic hopefuls it keeps them in the sport it is very difficult to work a nine-to-five job uh and train for the olympics so it it, it it augments nobody gets you know nobody gets wealthy on it but it's enough where they can it can alleviate having to work full-time and they can do some part-time things and they're required to do community service and things like that but it is the x factor it is the X factor for our program. It is the single most important uh, um, entity within Ohio State wrestling. Uh, Ohio State cannot give us the funds. They can't take the corn dog money and give it to the RTC. They're not allowed. It's against the rules. So we got to fundraise, and we got a great family of people that help us. I mean, I know you. You, you, you do a great so, job. You yeah, really make it. you make people feel like they're part of family. Yeah. So people who want to help and contribute and be part of it, um, highly recommended to, to help and donate <clears throat> and just be part of it because you do, you make people, you have this inclusion of like, you're part of our family now. And I'd love that, that you guys do that because most people, yeah. they take your check and, psh, yeah. you know, but you really do a good job with that. So and you not, can see your money at work, right? Yeah. You see someone win yeah. Olympic, we've had Olympic champions, we've had world champions, we have guys win junior world titles and you 23 titles. So it's, you can see the progress of it. How do people go about helping? How, how do they contribute? Um, so Ohio, uh, the OhioRTC.com okay. is a website. Cool. Uh, you can reach out to anybody, anybody on our staff. Uh, Lou Roselli right now is our, who's Olympian. He's, the, uh, he's overseeing the Olympic Training Center along with Logan Steber. So, um, yeah, reach out to you. Okay. And you'll get in touch with us, yeah. But but uh, yeah. And we have a lot to look forward to. The season starting now. Super excited tomorrow night, Thursday. We'll, we'll Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night is our wrestle-offs. So. Uh, and people who want to come and, ch and check it out, they can expect if they ever come to a wrestling match. What can they expect to see? And so where, where? It's, it's mad. It's it's fantastic. It's one <laughs> it's man. So it's cool. mano y mano. It's a crazy crowd. You can get up on your feet and scream and yell. <laughs> it's pretty uh, cool. About five thousand people to a home match. We get. We've had fifteen thousand in the shot. We've sold out the shot before. 
Uh, so it's an exciting sport to watch, and it's it's uh, it's been great to me and great to All my right. people. Well, may uh, may you guys just have just a ton of success this year and for you to accomplish all your goals, all your guys, and to strengthen all the relationships and the bonds that you've created and the lives that you've touched and the impact that you've had that you don't even know about. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, God will just continue to bless you and just give you as much success that you deserve because you are first class. Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks, everything. Just you. having having you as a friend means a lot. And Same. I love supporting the program. And it's uh, it makes me feel proud to be part of Ohio State wrestling because you're leading it. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.